Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. We're making sure that everyone is resourced with prayer material to be able to know how to pray. I believe more people would pray if they knew how to pray. Or more people would pray if they knew the results of prayer. If they saw the results of prayer. If they know, really believe they needed God, right? They'd pray. So we want to make sure that you have all the materials. I'm telling you, in this, I made sure that in this book was, was all of the things that I used to pray. In fact, take this book and open it up to the very end. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. Uh, in the very end, there is... It just says on page 73, it says scripture references by topic. These pages are every, not every, these are all of the main scriptures for every topic you're going to pray. Okay, so if you're wondering about healing, if you're wondering about uh, uh, you need freedom from something, if you want to pray for your marriage, if you want to pray for your kids, if you want to pray for the lost, every scripture it, there's the reference for it right there. You take that, you open it up, you look it up. I'll tell you what I do. I take it and I open up my journal and I write out the scriptures. And then I say the scriptures and I meditate the scriptures. If I'm struggling with something or dealing with things, what I do is I take all of those scriptures and I write them out and I quote them and I say them every day, multiple times a day. That's called meditating the word day and night. And Psalm 1 promises that if you'll do that, You'll make your way. Not God will make your way. God prosper me. No, he's not going to prosper you. He's going to give you the tools to do it. Remember he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, you're going to be wealthy. And I'm not just talking about financial wealth. I'm talking about the blessed, the hand of the Lord over your life. He said, but when you've built your beautiful houses and when you've been established, you shall remember the Lord your God for it's he that gives you the power to get wealth. If, if we're not prospering in our ministry, in our because everyone's called to ministry in here. Everybody's called to something in here. If you're not prospering in that, and by the way, not only are you called before the Lord or before uh, to ministry, but you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and he's going to judge you based on what he called you to. You say, wait, I thought the blood of Jesus. No, there's two thrones. There's the great white throne, and that's, that's not works. The other one is works. The one, the one, in fact, he said he's going to burn up the works, and the works that are in the flesh, they're going to go away, but the works that he told you to do, right, are, are the, so when we stand before the Lord, we need the blood of Jesus, and that's what gets us access into heaven, but we're going to all stand before, and we're going to be accountable for what he's called us to do. I remember when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I discovered that God called me to do something, and it was about 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. And the Lord uh, in prayer one day said to me, when are you going to do it? And I said, when someone recognizes. He said, when someone recognizes. And I started opening up. Uh, when someone recognizes my calling and calls me up. And then the Lord reminded me that at the beginning of all the letters to the church, it said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, called by God, not from God, not through men. What he was saying was, and then I looked in the next one, he said, Paul, that's kind of how he started his letters. So we started our letters like Dear John. He started his letters, said, from Paul. <laughs> I just want you to know who's talking here. But he said, called by God, anointed by God. And the Lord reminded me 
Why do you need men to call you before you start functioning in your calling? In fact, in, in, in Tim, Timothy it says, he told Timothy, if anyone desires to be a bishop or desires to be a deacon, let him do this. He didn't say after you've gone through the cycle of doing this and now you're doing this. No, he's saying if you have the desire. In other words, the desire comes with the call. If the Lord's called you to something, then he has expectations that you start living that way now. Not after man's called you and put you. In other words, the lifestyle comes before the title. You have to walk it before you get called it, before you get identified as that. That's what the Lord expects. And the Bible says that we'll be judged for that one day. Uh, we'll just be accountable. Not judgment like he's here to beat you up. No, he's just holding you accountable for what he's called you to do. He's holding me accountable. I'll be accountable for what he's called me to do. I won't be accountable for the size of the church. I won't be accountable for the, 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 the recognition in men's eyes. I'll be accountable if I did what Jesus, the head of the church, said to do. That's what I'll be accountable for. Amen. Bow your heads. No, I'm just kidding. What, what in the world is that? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> That's a confirmation. <laughs> hey, uh, freedom class is coming up in about three weeks and small groups are too, so I'm gonna move on because I gotta get to this message. Hey, the uh, uh, scripture references are there um, and then you can go through this, but let me just, let me just show you. Uh, if you go to the very front, the table of contents, uh, pray first, there's a little letter from me creating a lifestyle of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the Tabernacle Prayer, praying scripture, the prayer of Jabez, warfare prayers, and so on. Uh, and then there's a place on page 69 where you can go and write in your personal prayer focus. You can write in um, my government, uh, my family, my church, so that you can actually take those points and pray for those every uh, single day and, uh, and make sure that you keep those Remember, Paul said, I make mention of you in my prayer. He didn't say, I prayed for you for 20 minutes a day. He said, I make mention of you. In other words, I said your name when I was praying. And there's something about making mention uh, in prayer and praying for your leaders. So we want you to have one of these prayer guides. And um, there's, I, I noticed a couple of typos in here. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep, you know, printing these. These will be long-term. We'll keep printing these. But um, uh, hold on to those. If you see typos, feel free to let us know, and we'll we'll get that for next printing. But uh, but I think they're pretty much uh, there. So um, we can give you tools to pray, but you have to pray. That's why I always say when we pray, don't just say mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you say, "What was your prayer today?" It was mm-hmm. No, we're not going to pray for you. Jesus said, "When you pray, say right." So we need to pray. Prayer is both a private thing and it's a public thing together. We have prayer every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night we have prayer. And we pray together. And the Lord, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said when we came back to do Tuesday nights and said, Tuesday nights is for corporate prayer, but it's also, you know, collective prayer, but it's also to teach people to pray. And so it's also discipling in prayer. So come on Tuesday nights. If you can't come every Tuesday, come two Tuesdays. But if the Lord's called you here, I believe that's one of the things that, you know, he's called us to do is let's join together in prayer. 
uh, both public and private. Both are important. Uh, on page four here, if you'll just look, I'm not going to read all this, but I want to point out a couple things, in, um, and we are going to get to Luke chapter 11. But uh, it says here on Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary pl- place and where he prayed. Well, there's a few things. One is he got up early in the morning when it was still dark, and he went and prayed. I know some people say, I can't even think early in the morning. I'll, I'll tell people sometimes, I'm, I'm going to wake up in about 10 more minutes. I told someone that this morning. I'm, I'm going to wake up in about 10 more minutes. Sometimes my mind's just not all turned on. I'm a morning person, but, uh, but I'm an evening person too. People say, what are you? I'm both. I just like to speak that over myself, but let me tell you, um, very early in the morning, Jesus, he, he said while it was still dark, he got up, he left the house, he went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Uh, you're going to have to make a decision to pray. I know some people are waiting for the Lord to push them out of bed and, uh, and make them pray. I remember I was in, uh, I lived in West Covina, California, it's right outside of L.A., uh, growing up and part of my years. And, uh, and I remember the Lord was really teaching me about prayer and said, David, you've got to get your behind out of bed and pray. I was, uh, I just graduated from high school and said, you need to have a prayer life. You need to be praying. So I'd get up in the morning and I pray. And then I made a decision at six o'clock. Okay. Every morning I'm gonna wake up at six o'clock and I'm going to pray and I'm going to take, you know, at least a half hour and I'm going to pray at six o'clock. Well, man, that first morning I dragged up my, hit that alarm clock and it was about 6.13, 6.15 by the time I got up. And then I had a short prayer time. The next morning it looked a little bit the same. Maybe it was a little better. Maybe it was a little worse. I don't know. But I remember about that fourth morning I was dragging and, uh, and, and I, I hit that snooze button and I went back to sleep. And then uh, the Whittier earthquake happened. <laughs> the, the Whittier earthquake. It's like a significant earthquake in Southern California. And it shook. And I remember I was sitting there. I was like, yes, Lord, I'm up. Hata, I'm going to pray. Jesus, Jesus, I hear you. And no, those earthquakes aren't just like one thing. I mean, it was shaken and it was shaken. And I remember I jumped out of bed and I got, I got down on the side. Oh, Lord. And I'm I'm shaking, I'm shaking that Whittier earthquake. I said, just stop this earthquake, Lord. Stop this earthquake. And the earthquake stopped. I said, okay, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm not going to hit that snooze button anymore. I still remember that sometimes when I get out of bed. Like, you don't need to shake me. Out here, you don't need to bring a storm or a tornado. Whatever it is, Lord, you, I'll hear you. I'll get up, okay? It's important to get ourselves out of bed. Uh, there's three things about having a lifestyle of prayer that it gives here. Number one is we have to have a certain time. Just over these next two weeks, why don't you start right there. What time are you going to pray every day? It's not about quantity. I believe it's about consistency. When are you going to pray every day? Is it 6 o'clock? Is it 7 o'clock? Is it 5 o'clock? Well, I have to wake up early. Well, is it 4.30? Whatever time it is, be consistent with prayer. What time? Jesus woke up very early in the morning here. Number two is have a certain place that you're going to pray. Where are you going to pray? You know, if you live in a, a small house with a lot of people, or if you, uh, you know, if you don't feel like you have, Jesus had to leave the house. He had to go out to somewhere else to pray. Find a place. Where are you going to pray? What time are you going to pray? And then have a certain plan. What are you going to pray? Because how many of you know that if you don't pray, 
and have a plan to pray, you're going to rest. <laughs> you're going to wake up. Like one guy, he said, I pray um, in my bathtub. And I said, why do you pray in your bathtub? He said, if I don't, I'll go to sleep. And I don't like to sleep in my bathtub. You know, I said, you don't have water in that bathtub, do you? No, 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 no. Because he just wanted to find the most uncomfortable place. He said at one point, he had to come stand on the side of his bathtub and pray and just hold on. He said, because he knew he'd fall, he, he would fall asleep so much. It sounds ridiculous. But whatever you have to do, find a place that you're going to pray. Start with 10 minutes. Start with 15 minutes and spend time with God. Prayer's not going to change God. It's going to change you. Yeah? We're not trying to talk God into something, right? God's already, God's already given us his will and his word. So a certain time, a certain place, a certain plan. Today, though, I want to talk with you for a few minutes about praying like Jesus. And I'm not going to go long because I'm just going to go right out of this. Luke chapter 11 says this. One day, look on your screens, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. We're doing it out of the NIV here. It's right here in your book on page uh, 5. One day Jesus was praying, notice, in a certain place. He had a place he was going to pray. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, what were they asking Jesus to do? They were saying, Lord, we like the way you pray. We notice you pray. We notice you pray at a certain time in a certain place, and we hear you praying, so you must hear out loud. And you have results. Teach us to pray. And Jesus didn't say, no, nah, I'm the son of God. I'm not going to. No, Jesus, right away. Here was, his, here was his response. So how many of you know that if you want to learn prayer, maybe the best one we could learn from is Jesus Christ, Son of God, amen? And how many of you know that if Jesus needed to pray, you probably need to pray too? I don't need to pray. Jesus needed to pray. If Jesus needed to pray, then we need to pray. Jesus teaches us how to pray, but when he's praying here, he, uh, and in many, many churches, they'll say the Lord's Prayer, but I don't believe Jesus was just giving us words. He was giving us a template or a layout, an outline. It wasn't that he, he was saying don't, he wasn't just saying don't pray these words, but he was saying this is how to pray. Uh, at one point, Jesus asked his close disciples, Peter, James, and John, he said, could you not tarry with me one hour? Remember, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Could you not tarry with me one hour? And I think if he were asking us this today, could you pray for an hour if you needed to? No, I mean, if the Lord asks you this week, pray for an hour every day, would you be able to? And you're like, I don't know what I'd say. That's what most people would say. I'm not sure what I'd say without saying the same thing or just reading scripture. I don't know. This is how to do it. Jesus shows how to be able to pray and what to pray. So here's how to pray like Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, this is how Jesus responds. We're going to read it out of a different one, a different gospel here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic gospels. They run parallel. And this was Jesus' response here. We read from Matthew's writing. It says in verse 9, In this manner, therefore, read, read this with me on the screens, would you? In this manner, therefore, pray. This is Jesus' response to teach us how to pray. So Jesus is going to teach us at Memphis Tabernacle how to pray today. Uh, in this manner, therefore, pray. Pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever. Lord, I pray that you'd quicken us and help us to pray like Jesus prayed. In Jesus' name, amen. So he gives seven points here, seven different points, and you just know it if you know what's called the Lord's Prayer. By the way, why is it called the Lord's Prayer? Why is it called the Lord's Prayer? Well, because Jesus was teaching them how he prayed. So he's saying, here's how to pray. Number one is this, and you can look on page five. Number one is this, our Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, the first thing we say, prayer is spoken. It's not just, um, it's in, well, it's in, I pray in my heart. No, that's called meditation in your heart. But when you're praying, say something. And, and the first thing he says is, notice, our Father. Say it with me. Our Father, where? In heaven. Not our Father on earth, but our Father in heaven. Not religion, not rules. Uh, not a judge and jury, not a, a, a person that's going to hold you accountable. I'm not saying a father won't do those things, but relationship, father. When you pray, it's not about religion. I think people are burned out on religion. I'm burned out on religion, man-made religion. But you know what we need? We need relationship. We need relationship with father God in heaven, Father God, our Father, not religion, but relationship. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says this, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, say it with me, Abba, Father. You know, uh, literally it's translated, and you may have heard this before, Daddy, Daddy. I still have a seven-year-old, and she's in the process of... of uh, Talking more like, you know, grown up, right, grown up. But sometimes I'll hear her still, you know, hey, Daddy, do you think that's such and such? And I just go, oh, I'm going to miss that. Why? Innocence. Dependency. I'm going to miss. Parents who've had kids grow up, do you miss that? Yeah. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that innocence. Do you know when the, their two disciples were arguing which one is going to be uh, on your right hand and sit at your left hand in eternity forever at your throne? And Jesus said, let the children come unto me. And he said, hey, you want to know who's the greatest in the, in the kingdom? It's these, like these children. You know what he was saying? He was saying they're not looking to sit down. In fact, they, don't, they won't even sit down. <laughs> Children want to run around all the time, right? They're not, they're not even trying to sit down. But he's saying, you know what? They just want to be here with you. Yeah. That's the way our father relationship. And then he goes on and he says, Hollywood be, say it with me, Hollywood be your name. We worship his name. There's something about your name. Your name is your reputation. Your name is something that you're known for. For example, someone says, uh, is LeBron James or is Michael Jordan the GOAT? What do they mean by the GOAT? The greatest of all time, right? Are they the GOAT? But they call him, oh, he's the GOAT. Oh, she's the GOAT. Or that person's a loser, right? What are they saying? That's their, they're calling them loser. They're calling them the GOAT. They're calling them a champ. They're calling them, right? By their name is what they're known for. Or he's a beast, Right? <laughs> these terms nowadays, you know. It's not the mark of the beast, okay, everybody. It's just saying, like, that dude is the beast, you know. She's a winner, right? There's different names that they're known for. Do you know God has different names that he's known for? 
Um, in, in fact, let's look here. There's a couple things here that, that he says here. God is our righteousness. When I say he says, God named himself these things. He says, I want you to know, like, I'm your righteousness. I'm your provider. I'm your healer. But one thing he is, he's our righteousness. He makes us clean. How many of you know we're not clean because of the things that we do right or the things that we do wrong? We're clean because Jesus shed his blood to forgive you and I from all of our sins. So come on right now, would you just say, our Father in heaven, thank you that I have a relationship with you. And say this today, holy is your name. Now the word holy is separate, distinct. It's the opposite of common. Common would just be like, ah, every day, like, ah, these are my everyday whatever, and this is holy, this is separate, this is distinct. You're saying, holy is your name. Your name, Lord, I'm not gonna, that's why one of the Ten Commandments is don't use the name of the Lord God in vain. What's in vain? Common. Don't just say the name of God. Back in the Old Testament, they had to wash and, and clean themselves before they even wrote the name of the Lord, the scribes did. They had to be clean. Why? Holy is your name. There's something about the name of Jesus. But he's our righteousness. Let's thank the Lord. Lord, you're, our, you're my righteousness today. God is our sanctifier. What is sanctifier? It means he set us apart. God is our healer. He said, I am the Lord that heals you of your diseases. In fact, all of the diseases that I put upon uh, the people who weren't serving me, I'm not going to put on you. For I am the Lord, your healer. His name is Healer. Just say, Lord, your name is Healer. And I thank you today. Do you know every day we should be saying this? Lord, you're my righteousness. Lord, you're my sanctifier. Lord, you're my healer. Amen. Uh, he's our banner of victory. Jehovah, our banner of victory. He set up a banner. You know those, those guys on a football field that before they come out, they break through? Right, that banner? Do you know Jesus, uh, and then they wave a banner of victory? Like, we won. Do you know Jesus is your banner of victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. God is our shepherd. He speaks to us. He leads us. Let's thank the Lord that he's our victory. Thank you, Lord, that you're our victory. Thank you, Lord, that you're our shepherd today. Would you thank the Lord that he's leading you? I'm not talking about has led you. But he does lead you. Thank you, Lord, that tomorrow you're leading me. Today you lead me. My future, you're leading me, Lord. 2022, I'm led by the Lord. He's our peace. Lord, I thank you that you're my peace in every storm. Let's thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Lord, that you're my peace. Thank you that you're my provider. Let's thank the Lord that he supplies every need. Not just talking financially, though that we're not leaving that out. But every need, emotionally, relationally, some people feel lonely. God, I thank you that you fill in the gaps that I'll never have to be alone. Why? Because you're present with me. You meet every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Someone says, well, how are how's things going this week? Well, I hope it goes good. You don't have to hope. I mean, you want to keep hope in your heart. You can believe that the name of the Lord, in fact, it says here in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, the name, read it with me, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. <laughs> so we can run to the name of the Lord. So every day we should say this. Say it with me. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And then you begin to say his name. 
Listen, listen to the next one. Your kingdom come, say it with me, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. First of all, do you think that the will of God is done in heaven? You think God's fighting with people uh, and saying, come on, come on, we're in heaven now. You should be obeying me. Do you think that's happening? No, in heaven, like, things are in order. Things are happening. And he's saying, let things be done on earth the way that they are in heaven, right? That's a prayer that we should pray. It's part of being God's, God's child, too. It's humbling ourselves. Remember in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, it says, if my people would humble themselves and pray. Part of prayer is surrendering me. <laughs> and that's harder to do, Right? You know when someone says, I'm strong-willed? <laughs> yeah, that's going to that's gonna be hard for you with prayer. You have to surrender you. And Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And it's not just rich financially. It's rich with talents. It's rich with knowledge. It's rich with understanding. It's rich with esteem. It's rich with, with, um, with, with capability. And it's saying it's going to be hard for us to enter in. Why? Because it takes humility. It takes lowering ourselves. So he says, your kingdom come. Say it with me. Your kingdom come and your will be done. It's part of being a child. Luke chapter 12, verse 31, out of the TLB, it says, he will always give you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your priority. So spend time focusing on what God spends time focusing on. His priorities include saving the lost. Though Jesus wants to meet your need and take care of you, his main priority is not the American dream. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. So if, if that's the heart of the Lord, that should be the heart of our prayers too. Lord, would you give me, in fact, pray it with me. Lord, your kingdom come. Say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say, Lord, I humble myself to you and your will. Give me a heart for the lost. Another thing is wisdom and guidance with those in authority. Lord, I pray for parents. If you're a kid, don't just balk it at your parents. Your parents are your very first spiritual authority. That's why it's the very first commandment with promise. That if people can't learn authority structure at home, then they're going to have a hard time for the rest of their lives. Let me tell you, if you live at home, I don't even care if you're older and live at home. Learn authority structure right now. Why? It's going to help you the rest of your life. First of all, you get a promise from God. You get a pass from God. But honor your father and mother. Pray for your parents. Pray for spiritual authority. Pray for us as pastors and leaders. Pray for us. Why? Because <laughs> I need prayer. We need prayer. Amen? Our spiritual leaders need prayer. Pray for your government. Don't just balk at them. Here's what I'd do. Here's what I wouldn't do. No, pray for them. Uh, pray for um, work-related. Pray for your bosses. Pray for your coworkers and accomplishing his purpose in our lives. So there's an example prayer by all these. You could just pray this example prayer or put it in your own words. This one said, God, I recognize that there's no better plan on earth than yours. And I pray for your will to be done in my life. Name the areas in your life where you need more of God's presence. And in our world, this world is lost and needs you desperately. And I pray for every person to know you as your personal Lord and Savior. I pray for the leaders in my life. Pray specifically over them. You can write them down later on in the book, page 69 and so. Uh, your spiritual leaders, your governmental leaders, your employers, and other leaders that are in your life. 
and, and so on. Number four, uh, the, the, there's a typo on that. It says number one, but it's number four. Just cross it out. By the way, mark up this book. Just mark it up. And if, if it falls apart, go get another one, okay? Just mark it up, use it, and, uh, but, but I'm going to use it and just keep it right with my Bible and journal right there. Put number four on that. Just cross out whatever it says. I don't know what it says because I already crossed it out. Uh, depend on him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread. Number four, give us this day our daily bread. God promises to supply all of our need. Do you know, if you feel like you can supply for yourself, don't stop praying this. Because sometimes we think, well, I'm going to pray that until I need it. No, 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 we need it. Somebody say, give us today our daily bread. When they gave manna out, uh, when he gave manna out, he gave it uh, uh, day by day by day by day. So Sometimes we want to say, uh, Lord, why don't you just give me manna for the month? Because he wants you to come to him every day. Give us today our daily bread. And don't worry about tomorrow because the manna will be there tomorrow. Uh, Psalm 121 says, I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Ask God for what you need today. Number five. Forgive and be forgiven. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, Jesus said. God has offered us complete forgiveness. Let me tell you, Jesus is not holding anything over your head. God is not holding anything over your head. You, nobody will be sent to hell for sins. Nobody will be sent to hell for sins. There's only one sin. Did you know there's only one sin that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of? He didn't say sins as of... The Bible doesn't say that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sins. It said it'll convict the world of sin. It's the sin of not knowing Jesus. Because there's one thing, Jesus, his price, his sacrifice, and his blood will get you into relationship with him. That's called born again. If someone's not born again, they won't. Enter the kingdom of God, Jesus said. So we all need to be born again. So forgive and, and, and be forgiven. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Notice it doesn't say he's benevolent and merciful. He's faithful and just. In other words, his covenant, his covenant promise is to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, which means if you confess your sin and he doesn't forgive you, he's unfaithful. And he's unjust. In other words, he has to forgive you. Now, he, put, he bound himself to that. Are you making God do? No, God's the one who inspired this. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all, somebody say all, all unrighteousness. Listen, if you have any sin in your life, don't live with guilt and condemnation. For, confess it. Let it go. Every day. Any, Paul said, I, I live to have a clear conscience before God and man. And let me tell you, not only do you need to, and we need to have clean hearts before the Lord, we need to forgive others for what they've done. I think sometimes we hold things against others because we're holding things against ourselves. Sometimes we have a guilty conscience, so we feel the right to be able to hold things against other people. We can't do that. Forgive. Some people, uh, some people have come up and said, hey, I, I need to just pray. I need to forgive such and such. And they, my mom, or I need to forgive this person who did the. And I said, oh, and after they tell me the whole thing, I said, when did that happen? 20 years ago. 20 years ago? 
If it was 20 minutes ago, you need to forgive them. They say unforgiveness is like swallowing poison and think it's going to hurt someone else. Unforgiveness is going to kill you. It's going to hurt you. We need to forgive. Well, I need counseling before. No, Jesus said when you stand praying, forgive. That means you can forgive instantly, right now. But I don't feel, I'm not talking feeling, I'm talking faith. Feelings follow faith. Here's what you say. Let me just coach you in this. You say, in the name of Jesus, I forgive them. Just say, I forgive them by faith. And Jesus, you forgive me by faith. That's what you say. I forgive them. Here's how I know. If I'm, I have a clear conscience, okay? I have a clear conscience. If I'm going throughout the day and there's something that I have against someone and it comes up like a thought or some, something happens and all, here's how you know, something happens about them and then you get mad all of a sudden. Like, oh, that's unforgiveness. You got to get something settled. So you know what I'll do? I'll walk off by myself and I say, in the name of Jesus, I release them. They don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me this. They don't owe me that. I forgive them. I release them. Jesus, thank you for a clean heart and conscience. And I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that first of all, that they'd be in the perfect will of God. And I start praying for them. I don't have a, a, a evil conscience against anybody. Because we have to do this every day. Be forgiven and forgive. Be forgiven and forgive. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God is not here to lay a guilt trip on you. And do not lead us into temptation. Say it with me. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We have to engage in spiritual warfare. I just did a series called Fight Club. We, you are in a fight spiritually, whether you want to admit it or not, we're all, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Go back and listen to that series if you need to. But let me tell you, we're in a spiritual fight, and the Lord, lead us not. Lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. John 10.10 10 says, the thief doesn't come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it more abundantly. The enemy does not like your life. Just like God has a plan for your life, the enemy has a plan for your life. And so what do you have to do? You have to say, Lord, lead me from the traps of the enemy. Can I tell you, today the enemy has traps for you. Tomorrow the enemy's already set up traps for you. And traps, they have to be hidden and baited. They have to be something that entices you, and they have to be something that you, the, 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 the repercussions of it are hidden. That's what a trap is. Satan has baited traps in landmines all around. And what you're saying is, Lord, don't only lead me through the field, lead me around the field. <laughs> I don't want to be like tiptoeing on. Lord, just lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Why? Because that's the way of life. Amen? Somebody? Engage in spiritual warfare. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers, authority, against powers of the dark world, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then last of all, number seven, for yours is the kingdom. Say it with me, would you? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Notice, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Yours is the kingdom. God is more than able to move in every situation and ending our prayer time, claiming his authority and power focuses our minds on the truth and the hope of who he is 
and what he can do. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, All sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth and the earth by your great power and outstretched arms. Say this with me. Nothing is too hard for you. Say it with me. Nothing is too hard for you. How about all together? <laughs> Nothing is too hard for you. Amen. Nothing's too difficult for the Lord. If you walk out of prayer and you're doubting that God's going to come through, you haven't finished praying right. You have to meditate. Nothing's too hard for you. You should walk out of prayer like Rockies ready to go into that fight, right? You should walk out. This morning, this morning at about 8, 8, 20 or 8, we were in this room and the worship team and the tech team and all the teams were in here praying. That's how it was, man. I was like, come on. There was like victory in this house, in this place, in our prayer time this morning. So when you walk in, you walk into an atmosphere of victory and everybody's in victory. Do you know that's how our prayer time should be? You don't leave the house without victory. If you leave the house without victory, it's going to be hit and miss. Amen. So I want you to take this book, and would you pray the Lord's Prayer every day? We're going to pray it on Tuesday night, okay, coming up in two nights. But would you just take that, and every day, in fact, just stay with me. Say it with me right now. Say, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. And stop for a moment and say, Father, just put down that book. Just say, Father, open your hands up to him. Say, Father, I worship you today. Father, I bless you today. Father, I thank you that you're my strength. You're my healer. You're my helper. You're my supplier. You're my provider. Father, I thank you that you direct my steps. Father, I thank you that you're faithful. Father, I thank you today. Come on, just pray with me right now. Let's just exercise this right now. Father, I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're holy, that you're righteous, that you're awesome. Say, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just say this, God, I surrender. Open up your hands to him. Say, Father, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my decisions to you. I surrender my goals to you. I, everything I put my hand to, I put it back in your hands today. Lead me, guide me, direct me. Lord, I surrender my family to you. Come on, pray for your family right now. I pray for my family, Lord. I pray for our household. I pray for the, my future family. Somebody needs to pray for their future wife or husband. Lord, I pray for them that you keep them in the pure way and in the right way today. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for our government. I pray for our city right now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, um, give us today our daily bread. Let's ask the Lord. Lord, I may think that I can supply my needs, but I know that you're the one who provides for me. Say it with me. Lord, you're the one who provides for me. Give me today my daily bread. Give me today the things that I need, I pray in Jesus' name. Provide for my tomorrow when I get there, I pray in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. And say, God, I put my life in your hands and I commit not to worry. Somebody just needs to tell him, I, I commit not to worry in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Lord, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Would you say, Lord, I thank you that I'm forgiven from all of my sin. And listen, if you have sin, just confess it right now. Just say, God, I, 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 I said this. I did this. I shouldn't have done that. I disobeyed you here. I looked at this. I walked in this. Forgive me for it right now. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me and washes me from all of my sin right now. I leave it at the foot of the cross right now. And I thank you for it. And let's say, Lord, and I forgive everybody who's wronged me. Just say it out of your mouth. I forgive everybody who's wronged me. Those who've lied on me, cheated me, talked bad about me, did injustice, Lord. I forgive them. I release them. I let go of any offense, Lord, to them right now. And you need to do it by faith. Say, I do it by faith in Jesus' name. 
and I thank you for it, Lord. Lord, lead me away from temptation. Would you ask the Lord, Lord, would you guide, and guide my steps, the traps of the enemy, lead me away from temptation. Lead me away from, 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 from the, the deceit that the enemy would have. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from the evil one. The one who would want to steal, kill, and destroy. Pray it with me. Lord, deliver me from the devil, from the enemy, from the deceiver. Pray it over your family. Lord, deliver us, Father God. Pray it over your church. Lord, we pray over Memphis Tabernacle. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the traps of the enemy, God. Over our workplace. Deliver us, Lord, we pray. And last of all, take your hands and just stretch them out to God right now and say, Lord, for yours is the kingdom. Say it with me. Stretch them out to God. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Say, yours is the kingdom. I don't have a kingdom. <laughs> I'm not building my own kingdom. I don't have a kingdom. It's your kingdom. Say it, Lord, yours is the kingdom. <laughs> that kind of settles it. Yours is the power. I don't have to produce. I feel so much pressure to produce. Nope, yours is the power to produce. Some of you are under so much pressure to produce, to perform. Yours is the power for tomorrow. Yours is the power. Come on, tell the Lord, yours is the power. Yours is the power. And say, yours is the glory. And Lord, because you're producing and it's your kingdom, all credit goes to you. Come on, tell the Lord, Lord, all credit goes to you. <laughs> all credit goes to you for my life. I'm not looking to build it. I don't feel the pressure of, of getting credit. <laughs> At the end of the day, the only name that's going to be over any works that I did is the name of Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Yeah.